Hi, I'm Mandy Learn. And I'm Stephanie Keeley. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Work. What I notice for women leaders is this ability to second guess or doubt themselves. You want to call it imposter syndrome or confidence or just this sense of having to perform. Overwhelming difference between my male and female clients. Okay, is this uncomfortable for me? Is this a growth zone for me? Or is this truly an anxiety zone for me where I am really paralyzed or not able to perform? Most of the time it's that growth zone where we don't want to fail. We may may have those perfectionist tendencies and want to do things at a certain level that we've never done them before. Welcome to the Women Who Work podcast, where we discuss the essentials for leading in your life and career. Because as women who work, we just can't separate the two. Thanks for being here for our second episode. Throughout this podcast, we aim to ask questions around and have discussions about everything you need to know to be successful as a leader, a woman in the workplace, or a working mom, or wherever you may find yourself in this whole work-life journey. We'll seek out conversations that bring light to the challenges, that offer up solutions, and normalize the balancing act of women who work. In this episode today, we're talking about voice, you know, that clarity and strength in who you are and what you stand for. For some, voice is an easier topic than for others, um, but we're going to break it all down. And we also have an interview with an expert, Dr. Marion Elliott, who's going to talk with us a bit about creating leadership development plans. So let's dive in. All right, Mandy. So you are in the world, the leadership development world, focusing on women day in and day out. So voice, I feel like is something that's got to come up a lot. What is voice? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, that it does. You're right. It come up quite a bit. And I think that voice really means different things for different people, obviously, because it's, it's your own voice. So when I think about the topic of voice, I actually kind of break it down into two things. One, you have a voice and two, you use your voice. So having a voice, there's, it's an um, implied possession and then using your voice is an implied action. And really it comes down to first in order when you're thinking about aligning your voice and showing up in the world with this authentic voice, you really first have to know yourself if you want to be authentic, which I think most people do. And it's your personal point of view um, and perspective of life that you bring into the spaces, um, work, family, wherever. Um, So you've got to really first know yourself and have more self-awareness and for me, I think the best place for people to start is defining your values, your core set of values mm-hmm. that you live by. And this is all unique to you and who you want to be. I kind of like to say, I love the phrase, you're aligning your vibe. You're bringing everything that makes you you in, um, in a self-confident way um, to bring your, your personal point of view, your perspective and showing up in the world as you want to, and be confident in that. And so there's another piece. It's the self-confidence piece, which is huge for women, very huge for women. So, uh, you know, Stephanie, you and I were talking about earlier, one of my favorite aspects, just about this whole leadership game, if you will, is that how all these various leadership skills and attributes, they all interplay with one another. You, they don't operate in a vacuum. You can't say, okay, I, I have confidence. Yes. But then that affects your self-awareness, your self-awareness affects your confidence and all of that then plays into um, creating your leadership uh, development plan. You're going to, you're creating a plan um, for your career, short-term, long-term, but you got to have self, you got to have self-awareness for that because 
you need to know where you want to go and where you, and you need to have some confidence in yourself of, okay, I believe this is where I want to go. So I love the idea that all of these things interplay with one another. And this, these two topics today really illustrate that. Yeah, they definitely support each other there. And, you know, I love how you first started us out and distinguished between there's having a voice. It's like kind of like your personal branding exercise. You have a voice, um, but then there's also using your voice. And when I talk with colleagues, peers, friends, you know, I'm like, okay, so women in the workplace, what do you think about voice? What I often was hearing was, I know my voice but I have a hard time using it or I worry a lot about worry Mm -hmm. (laughs) being Mm -hmm. a keyword there. I worry a lot about appropriateness or how Mm -hmm. and when I should speak up. And it just made me realize um, to your point about that connectedness, it made me realize that confidence is such a key piece in using our voice. So I'd love for us in our conversation, maybe a bit later to really break down confidence and some of those tactics around how we can continue to build on confidence and strengthen our, um, the way we use our voice. So, so I, um, you mentioned values and -hmm. I know last time we really wanted to like get to know, we let our audience get to know us a bit more. And, um, do you want to kick off by sharing your values? Would you be open to sharing your values? Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and so how I I went through this process of defining our core, my core values is, is what we actually do in the SOAR program there. We have a list of, um, gosh, I think some of them 50 or 100 various values you can choose from. Um, and so it's a great exercise to do, um, and it actually doesn't take very long. And I highly encourage people to do this because it's just me personally, I love getting to know myself better. And so it just is so, uh, just opening, and you're finding more stuff about you. And that certainly was the case when I sat down and did my core values. Now I will say, Um, you know, I did this, gosh, over 10 years ago for the first time. And guess what? Your values can change, I think, Mm -hmm. um, because your life changes, your circumstances changes, or your circumstance change. Um, so sometimes you, there is some flexibility in your values. Um, but it interesting, um, I did rank my top five and my number one is freedom and that has never changed. And uh, we like to say that your number one value should be the one that you're willing to die for. And that's pretty powerful um, because for me, I can't, nothing else can exist if I don't have freedom. And so can I read for, from, I know your all's, um, your, your worksheet here for doing this, the definition mm-hmm. of freedom is absence of necessity or coercion, liberation, independence. Mm-hmm. Does that, like, and I know for me, when I read the definitions, like the words make better sense. It's like creating those common terms. Um, is that kind of, that's the definition of freedom that feels like it hits home for you? For sure. And yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head when you say independence. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so my other uh, values, my second one is justice. My third is health. Four is integrity. And fifth is knowledge. So what about you, Stephanie? Well, we have some overlay. I went a bit Uh fast and loose with my exercise. I have done this several times. I do a ton of like self-assessment things and also values exercises. So when I glanced through the values sort that you sent me, um, I came up with five. I'm not sure what my top one would be. I'm not sure what I'm willing to die for. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty nothing. My babies. I think that's it. Just okay. (laughs) That's it. That's all I have time for. But um, okay. So my top five are faith, health, freedom, integrity, and openness. Interesting. Um, I love the openness. Yeah. Let me read that. Yeah. Um, what's it going to ask what's the for you? Let's see. Willingness to try new things. Uh, um, yes. I just think throughout life, 
we should always be open to trying new things, thinking about new things, looking at new ways of thinking and doing that, that definitely, I mean, that's just, it rings true throughout my whole life so far. And it's how I hope to continue living is with that kind of open mind. Um, and then integrity feels really high up there for me too. I think it's kind of the way I tick a bit. Um, just that honesty, just that real going toward what feels and what we know to be kind of right and true, um, is a big one for me too. Yeah. I love that. And especially since you said, you said, I I just, it's just how I tick. And I think that's a really, um, important and key point there, because when you're talking about your values and who I am, that's, you're, you're defining that in this process. And it, to me, it's really cool when you have a word for it and you're like, oh yes, of course that, that is me. That is me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, in doing this, we say, okay, well that it's almost like a personal branding exercise where you say, okay, these are the things I stand for. So this is the way I will operate. And this is the way I will show up, um, in the workplace and in social circles and, volunteer opportunities. Um, it just kind of helps guide you and build that voice. So I think it's a, I think it was a, it's a great exercise. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, because sometimes we, we just have a grasp of it, but it's also really good to just go through the process and write some things down, like write it down. What do you feel comfortable writing down in a list for yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. In fact, sometimes I'll even put, if I need some encouragement and motivation, I like to change my, um, my computer screen and I'll sometimes put my five values on there. Like if I kind of, you know, sometimes you need to kind of go back home. That's one thing I think that values are is it's, it's my touchstone. And when things are chaotic or I'm going through change or whatever, you know, I find that that's when for me, core values really is important because I can, I, that's my touchstone. I can go back and know that's my center. Okay. This is this is me. This is who you are. And so sometimes I need that visual representation of it Mm -hmm. in those times of, you know, where I need some support and encouragement. Yeah. So we mentioned that, um, a stumbling block for using your voice is certainly kind of confidence comes up in Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think talking a bit about confidence and what we know about confidence in women versus men is probably relevant to this conversation. And then also I want us to think about then some tactics for building it and using our voice. So I think that's the next direction. You feel good about that? Yeah, for sure. Yes. Well, because because people are like, okay, you gave me the information. Now what? Now (laughs) what? Here's your now Now what? what? (laughs) Well, I think it's really interesting. So, um, and and you can dig in more to this research um, around confidence, but one of the great uh, journalists and then, and researcher around confidence is Caddy Kay. And she, along with Claire Sherman wrote a book called the confidence code and Mm -hmm. really interesting book. we're not going to cover it all, but I think some of the important takeaways that I've gotten from this, from their work has been around just generally women underestimate ability Mm. while men Mm -hmm. overestimate ability. And this Mm -hmm. is not just a generalization. This is true research, consistent research done by many universities and scholarly bodies, um, where they've gathered this research together and then even done their own too, but women have less confidence Mm -hmm. in their own abilities. Mm -hmm. And one thing she talks about, um, that I really, I don't know, it just kind of stuck with me is that confident building confidence is around doing it, doing the work. So getting over that fear or that self-talk where you're doubting yourself and saying, I can't do this, or I shouldn't do this, or what if getting past that and just doing the thing, because 
confidence is built on experience and expertise and knowledge. And once you've done it, mm-hmm. then you have it. Mm-hmm. It's a building block that can't be taken away. You've done the work and now you can be confident in, in your work. So I'm saying done that you've done the work, like it's an action, but it's also about like speaking up and using your voice. So once you have gotten in the room and Mm -hmm. shared your viewpoint on something that you feel passionate about that aligns with your values, once you've used your voice, that's your building block. It can't be taken away. And next time it's not as intimidating because you realize I do have expertise on this. I can use my voice in this room. And I can use this, my voice in other rooms too. Um, I think that's, that's a big piece. And, you know, confidence is easier said than done, but it's truly about challenging yourself to just do it. Just do it. Yeah. So um, do you have some thoughts on like those tips, you know, like what are the tips for finding your voice. We talked about doing the values exercise, um, but then like using your voice, do you have any thoughts on that? Like what are some takeaways that we could work on that we could practice? Yeah. And you're spot on by saying, just do it and practicing it is going to give you the confidence to continue to do it. And, and I think with anything new endeavor, you're taking a risk you got to have courage in order to take risks. So when you use your voice, you, you're taking a risk for the first few times and seeing how, okay, I I did this and you see how it plays out. And when you have success, that success builds upon each of it. It's like a chain reaction of successes. Mm -hmm. And so, so there's two pieces, you know, you've got to take risks um, and you can take risks in safe places too, when you're first starting, right? Like it doesn't have to be the major meeting or something that's going to, ha- that's going to have a big impact on, on your work or, or a significant outcome, go practice it in those safer spaces, whether or not they're volunteer opportunities or even with your own family or, you know, with others at home, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the more comfortable you get at it, because it's stepping out of your comfort zone, you have mm-hmm. to get comfortable. I think you said earlier, getting um, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yes. So first taking those risks and also be strategic about when you use your voice. Oh, say more about that. So I, you know, I don't... I don't think that, you know, using your voice doesn't mean that you have to be loud and you have to shout. That's not what that necessarily means. I think there's going to be times and situations and circumstances where you may want to hold back. And this may not be the the time for you to um, influence something using your voice. Um, And and there are going to be other times where, yes, I need to step up here. This is important to me because it's one of my core values, Mm -hmm. right? That I'm driven by. So you don't have to go bombarding around all over the place, all over the time, shouting your voice, be very strategic in, in that. Um, And I'll just also mention that um, in the first episode, I had mentioned that I was, I'm watching the first lady on uh, a mini series on Showtime and Mm -hmm. it's about three first ladies. And as I was watching it last week and, you know, thinking about this podcast and voice, it just kind of like, boom, hit me that all of these women, all these first ladies at some point during their, their administration, they had to find their voice, but they're very strategic in, in using it. Mm-hmm. So I love that, that leadership takeaway. And it was right. so obvious and so evident. And maybe because I was thinking through this lens of voice, but it was very cool to see that because mm-hmm. these women had to um, grow into this role at very different points in history. And they all had their different struggles and they had to find their authentic self and what they could bring to the table and to bring to the office of the first lady in their yeah. own way. So it was, it's, it was very cool to see that. Yeah. That aha there when, mm-hmm, as you're watching it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you definitely see it for people in positions of power. It's like the, there's a thoughtfulness about 
speaking up and when you don't speak up and there is as much voice and then not speaking in the silence Mm. as there Mm. is in, in our words sometimes. So I think that's, that for me is that strategy piece that you mentioned, um, really important. Yeah. Yeah. And can be hard. I think that it takes some wisdom and, um, (laughs) some life experience to help us kind of sit back in, in that, um, in that strategy, but for sure, but for sure. So some of the other things I thought about when I was thinking, okay, well, how can we kind of build on using our voice? And one thing I love to do is kind of go out to my peers, go to my, I call my personal, personal advisory committee where I just, um, we have coffee working sessions and we bring up like, okay, so here's what I'm dealing with, or here's what I'm trying to figure out. And we workshop some things and it, you know, it, for one, having a group where you can come together and, and, um, I love it when it's a group of, of women, we can just be mm-hmm. honest and open about who we are and we know where everyone's coming from in life and work. Um, but go to this, go to whatever group you have and ask them to weigh in, um, maybe a group of colleagues you're comfortable with, but ask them about, um, you know, like when have you experienced me using my voice? How, you know, how am I, how do I most effectively do that? Or what do you think my strength is in this? Um, just helps to get some feedback from other people, I think. Yes, absolutely. And I, I love the idea that you're one, that you're doing this and you have your personal board of advisors, that it's all women, because guess what? There's another piece, another leadership piece in play there networking. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. So here we go again. It just all interplays with one another and, and, um, support. So it's the peer support mm-hmm. and supporting each other. And I mm-hmm. think that's really powerful too. Um, and, and, and a place where you can build that self-confidence and get that feedback feedback. That's another we're just going to hit all those. We're going to hit them all. We're going to keep going back around to all those leadership development (laughs) pieces. Yes. And you're, you're, and you're finding that feedback and, um, from people that you trust. And that's really, um, important because people can see through the BS, if you will. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. (laughs) I thought this was a really great conversation. And I think we've covered voice in so many different aspects that, you know, as we just talk about, we realize where voice is in our lives and how important it is. Mm -hmm. So Mandy, move us over to our interview. Oh yeah. This is a great one. Uh, We have Dr. Marianne Elliott um, and she is here that she's going to walk us through giving us an example of another important tool for the workplace, our leadership development plan. And I'm sure you're like, well, wait a minute. We've just been talking about voice. Hang on. (laughs) It is related to our conversation. And this is a great way of building confidence and discovering your voice through the practice of developing and using this leadership plan. We're talking today with Dr. Marianne Elliott. Marianne is a leadership coach and founder of the Acorn Group. She has over 20 years of experience in professional development and is solely focused on developing and shaping leadership in others. She's an ICF credentialed coach with over 2,000 documented hours of leadership coaching and has led over 750 workshops. She holds a certificate in leadership coaching from Georgetown University and a doctorate from George Washington University. Welcome, Marianne, to the Women Who Work podcast. We are so, so thankful to have your time and expertise today. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm excited to be a part. Right. Well, clearly from your, from your bio, you are in the leadership development space. So tell us why you are so passionate about this topic. Hmm. Well, I'm passionate because I think it makes a difference. I think how we show up as human beings and we get work done, it fundamentally matters how we know ourselves and how we relate to others. Um, it has a bottom line impact. Um, So those are some of the reasons why I'm passionate. Um, It's like if you wanted to have a superpower in being able to predict the future, 
this kind of work is like having that superpower. You get some really good news, promotions, uh, breakthroughs and insights, and it's very rewarding to be in that place to observe. Mm, Yes. So we're going to talk today about leadership development plans. And some of us may be thinking, you know, I can't even keep my head above water. I'm trying to just juggle all the balls. What are you talking about with leadership development plans? Like that seems like a stretch here in the midst of all of this. So tell us what is a leadership development plan and why is it so important? And Stephanie, I so appreciate you referencing this this deluge of information, right? We're living in this a barely this ability to keep our head above the water, like drinking from a fire hose. And then you right. say there's other thing that we have to do to get ahead and to help position ourselves. And so I think that's a great part of this conversation is really break down some of those elements because a leadership development plan at its essence is really no different than any other way you would approach planning for a project, planning for a vacation right? You kind of identify, well, what, what do I really want to happen at its core? Who do I want to be in a year or two? Um, what do I even think? Because part of the learning, a large part comes from the process of planning. Mm-hmm. I think that leads me to sort of my first barrier of why people don't plan um, is we're not sure what we want. Um, you know, if I don't know what I want, if I don't know where I'm going, then how do I put that goal together? Um, So the leadership plan, again, is really just that understanding of what could be, what could be the vision or direction. And I want to encourage those that are listening to take the pressure off themselves. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be exact. But the learning that you do in the process of this plan um, can give you the insights you need. It can create awareness um, of yourself and what you want without having to know everything in advance, everything up front. Yeah. So, you know, having this plan, does it, you know, does it help us get to the next level? Is it helping us to just maximize our potential with um, our teams? Kind of what, what would be the purpose of having this leadership development plan in terms of like, what's in it for me? And that's a really great question. I really do think that helps to narrow in the motivation behind putting something together is to really think about the question that you posed. What do I want this plan to do for me? Um, You know, I have a phrase, it's just pick a lane, right? If you don't know what you want, just pick something because you will learn from it, whether it's for your team or whether you want to get to a next level. If you don't know, just pick something. Um, You can also pick a competency. You may want to be really good about uh, a good with a team and manage change or being able to develop a team. And so that competency, no matter where you want to go, that can be helpful to you in any number of different ways. Um, The other thing I would encourage, and I've I've worked with a lot of clients in, in this way, is to learn the art of transfer. So uh, sometimes the competencies can be a language of transfer, but um, many times you'll find that women have had um, extensive volunteer opportunities or things that they may not have thought of that have given them organizational skills, or maybe they were treasurer for a board somewhere and they, maybe they're in marketing and they have finance skills. And so I think we don't, we don't use that language. We just use the here and now, but when we want to stretch ourselves, I think looking at that transfer, like pick a lane. Right, figure out what, what is something that is for now, um, pick a competency, and then sort of learn that language of transfer can be a way to get started, right? kind of break down the sense that you've got so much that you have to do and it's drinking from a fire hose. That's just, those are just a couple of ways that, that kind of come to mind. Yeah. You know, I, it, it feels like historically leadership development plans have been these really like massive long-term 20-year things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the reality is right now we're living in such a, you know, volatile and ever-changing world. What do you recommend in terms of timeframe for a plan today? Yeah, that's a, that's a super question. And I think it goes back to answering the first question that you posed is what's the purpose of it? Um, I love that. We've got to go back to like, know yourself. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's always what I go to is like, just do that assessment of Mm -hmm. what is it? 
what are you interested in? What do you want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that will really help you to figure out, all right, maybe it's a 30 day goal that I'm going to set to be more assertive. Um, Maybe I realize that my assertiveness is related to my confidence and confidence is a year long goal, but I'm breaking it down by 30 or 90 days with some of these smaller building blocks of skills. That could be a way to look at it. I would say the time frame is anything that you need in order for you to keep going because growth most of the time isn't in the leaps and bounds, right? It's that one step that we're consistent over time and it isn't certainly linear. It's two steps forward, one step back. I mean, I know I'm a hot mess when it comes to growing and my own insights. And just when you think you haven't had something, you have some kind of uh, experience that gives you this new opening or new way to look at something. So, um, you know, I definitely think that time frame question, because again, we want to be able to see what we're doing nine months from now. And the reality is we can't, we can't know exactly what we're, you know, so that's why in, in the, those first comments I made around the learning that we do around putting the play together can be just as valuable as the outcome or where we end up. Mm, yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier the um, one obstacle that leaders can face in putting these plans together, but tell us a little bit more about those obstacles and especially thinking about um, women and female leaders in the workplace. Yeah, I, what I notice for women leaders is this ability to second guess or doubt themselves. Um, so many times they have conversations, um, really high level women, if you want to call it imposter syndrome or confidence or just this this sense of having to perform before they've done it before. Um, overwhelming difference between my male and female clients. Um, so this knowledge that, okay, is this uncomfortable for me? Is this a growth zone for me? Or is this truly an anxiety zone for me where I am really paralyzed or not able to perform? Most of the time it's that growth zone where we don't want to fail. We may, may have those perfectionist tendencies and want to do things at a certain level when we've never done them before. Um, so I certainly see that coming into play um, that would be, that is that is different uh, with gender. Again, I've had a number of male clients that have had imposter syndrome. It's definitely not limited to women, but as a generality, I definitely see those are some of the barriers. Um, you know, Stephanie, I want to mention some of the other barriers could be, um, you talk about a more abstract goal like confidence or maybe being more strategic Um, And that's a barrier because how do we really tackle something that's big like that, big and abstract? Um, So one of my recommendations is go for the early win. Like, is there a conversation you can have? Is there feedback from a peer? Is there something you can get that would help you know that you're doing a good job? Because confidence comes from success, right? Doing something well. And that motivates us to keep going. And it kind of breaks that down from being so big right into something that's a little bit more tangible. So I definitely believe that, again, where we can have that low hanging fruit, um, think about it in terms of a behavior. If you take a competency, what does that look like for you? What, when I'm doing that, what does it sound like, look like, feel like? Um, and again, that can help you to be a little bit more concrete with, um, with your goals. Because again, even something like confidence can look different for different personalities, different people. It doesn't all look the same. Um, So it's getting clarity for you what some of those behaviors are, and that might make it um, more accessible for you to, again, keep that consistency up. Mm, Yeah. So write it down, put it in your plan, give Mm -hmm. yourself those quick those quick wins, those really specific ways to describe um, maybe something bigger, like those quick wins. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We mentioned earlier about self-awareness and, you know, that I think that motivation, that why, why are we doing this? Why do we want this? Yeah. Um, That really can be the fuel for you long-term when you have a setback, when something doesn't go the way you want it to go. Um, I think that inner work really helps you to move from the, I should do this to, I want to do this, right? Because if you're on the should, to me, that's a lot of fear-based. I should do it because of this. But when you want to, you can sometimes tap into a deeper power within yourself to really um, push that comfort zone, push through that um, you know discomfort uh, when you're really clear about your motivation and why it matters to you. 
um, you know, is it impact that you can make? Is it um, a legacy? I mean, what, what is it that really matters to you? Mm-hmm. That's where I believe that having voice and being really clear about your voice, we talk about voice from an, two perspectives, right? Externally and internally. And a leader development plan can really help to strengthen who am I and what do I want to bring forward in this role um, by listening carefully to that voice. Um, So it's not just something we put on paper. It's a whole process of discernment. And again, that motivation, the inner work is, is, is really fuel that can help you through some of those those tough patches. You know, you mentioned, um, I'm glad you brought up voice and kind of finding that because I do find that so many uh, women and colleagues have, have shared, like, that's just so hard to, um, they might know their voice, Mm -hmm. but it's a challenge to use it. Mm -hmm. And so is, is this plant, this kind of leadership development planning, would that be a, a, a tool to kind of start using your voice more? Does, does this help? Does, do the two kind of combine a bit? Well, I think you certainly can have a goal around using voice, right? Finding it, mm. leveraging it, um, you know, understanding your political, you know, navigating political landscapes or context. I think there's um, there's definitely an opportunity for that to be a goal. But but in the process of doing the leadership development plan, you know, absolutely, it's a way for you to show up um, and to be more clear about um, just be more grounded in who you are and what you're bringing. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned um, what you should do, you know, moving from should, which I just, I, that's such an inner voice word for me yes, and for so it? many. Um, and then it, it turns into an outer voice thing too. And, um, but what about the things you're like, you know what, I'm not going to should myself on this anymore. I just don't want to do it. Can we just say, I'm not doing the things I'm not great at? Like, is that in the leadership world, are we allowed to just say, you know, I'm going to focus over here? Oh, absolutely. There's a whole strengths-based, I'll say revolution. Yes. That the positive psychology that's saying we're not going to fix weaknesses. The reality is that we are going to to really leverage our strengths and get an exponential outcome related to, to really focusing on our strengths. Um, yeah, and I, as a, as a younger coach, would get uh, very um, through rose-colored glasses and want to have all of these different goals and things that we were going to do. And um, the reality is I asked my clients to pick one goal. What's the one big goal that they want? And sometimes their other goals are related to that one big goal, but it's asking them to articulate what that is. Because, again, it's too, it gets to be too much and we get to that should part. And, and not that that helps you when you focus on what's the one big thing that I really want that make the biggest impact. Um, it helps us to move more to me in that space of want to, um, rather than should. Yeah. And it goes, it goes back to your earlier point about focus too, just really zoning in. And, and I think that is a, and a real advantage to this kind of planning process is to get that focus. Absolutely. We have so much noise in our world. Um, that's why I'll have clients that, you know, from their leader development plan, is there a statement? Is there a lens that they want to use? Put it on your screensaver, put it up somewhere. Like how, how are you integrating through practices through your, I, I kind of call them like life's practices, whether that's planning or you're going on a run or you're baking for the afternoon, whatever you're doing, however you're living, how are you going to put up that lens that leader development planning lens to see through it. And um, because we all have more opportunities to learn from life than we probably think we do. We show up as human beings in all of our different roles. So how do we extend that and make that learning um, if you're wanting to see strategically or um, vision, or if you're looking at any kind of, anytime people are gathered together, the groups and team dynamic, so um, I think life offers us a lot more opportunity to learn and think about like a leadership development plan really is all about intentionality. Like how am I, how am I showing up with intentionality to these roles and how am I being mindful in planning for this um, to, so that we can, that we can grow in that way. Um, you know, it reminds me, um, Stephanie, about this idea that uh, out of sight, out of mind, mm. Mm-hmm. How many times we put right best laid plans? We we close the file on the computer on the you know our hard folder and we forget about it. 
Yeah. So we have to really think about that in terms of uh, being successful is how are we going to create accountability for ourselves? So accountability, I would imagine that that is probably another one of those obstacles to at least executing your plan because, you know, it gets busy and, or you spend a cave day or a focus day where you're like creating your plan. And then you might get some feedback from mentors, uh, or, or, or managers. And then you're in the middle of all your projects and the calendar year, the, the quarters, all of them start running. And like, how do you stay accountable? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. It's so real, um, real for, for all of us. Um, I think having a peer, a peer coach, I mean, look at all of the, you got Weight Watchers, AA, got so many groups out there that have been successful that have proven to help us as human beings, right. To be able to, um, make deep and lasting changes with our behavior comes through peer support. Mm. Um, that's why I'm super passionate about SOAR and the peer learning experience that happens there. So finding a peer, somebody to talk to, maybe your goal is different. Maybe your goal is the same, but I think that has real power, um, in helping you to stay accountable. Because if we think about, a leadership development plan and being intentional. We can really use any language. I want to be um, more effective at fill in the blank. And how do mm. we use people around us to support us to grow in any one of a number of ways? So yeah, it definitely, um, you know, there's all kinds of tools out there that can help you apps and, and certain, um, you know, the whole calendaring and appointments with ourselves and their different tools, but I, the, the peer coaching and the peer support is, is kind of number one on my, on my list. I like that. So are there more obstacles that you want to share with us so that we can be aware of what to avoid in getting success through this um, leadership development planning process? I think we've really covered a lot of them. The other one I thought about is, and I think, again, we've covered this to some extent, is not to make it too rigid. Mm-hmm. It's to really make it, to think about it as a dynamic um, process and way for you to, um, you know, just come back to what matters most to you. Um, the best teacher is the lived experience. And so we have so many lived experiences that we don't stop and reflect. We don't think about that. We don't have a real reflective practice that lets us do that. And so if the development plan can be that opportunity to stop, um, I think we can take our lived experience and not think that we have to be so rigid in knowing in advance what's going to happen. And that can help us to create much more of a dynamic. um, And truly, that's how we keep it alive. Because mm-hmm. right? not, it's like, oh, that doesn't matter. You know, I wrote that six months ago and never looked at it. And it becomes stale. And if you think about like just like a fire, right? You got to stoke the fire and keep that flame going. And so if it's rigid and gets inflexible to the learning that you're doing or the experiences you're having, you're not going to look at it because it's not accurate for you anymore. It doesn't reflect who you are. Right. So it's a living plan. It's something where you you get yeah. this framework started and you might have those 90 day check-ins where you reflect back and add things in or, or, or adjust as needed. Um, because um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but you know, everything, the world's changing so much organizations, companies are changing so much and we're experiencing new things. So we might be really excelling in something and need to adjust and, um, focus in on something else. So I think that's a really great point that this is not something that we do for one time and we're done. It's something that we keep going back to and adjusting. Yeah. And the, one of the last pieces I'll say, Stephanie, is this sort of reframing what failure means, you know, because when it's a dynamic document, and as you say, when you're coming back and, and, and using it as a, as a living document, I think it's an opportunity and to use, okay, what worked, what didn't work, what can I learn from now, from, from that, and um, because I think that what keeps us in that rigid um, sort of framework is this, I don't want to fail. I want to have the answers before I begin. And I want to put this down exactly right. And so if we use it more dynamically in less of a rigid way, we have more opportunity to reframe the things that didn't work out or that wasn't the optimal performance 
But here's what I did learn. And here's how it relates to me being either more confident, more strategic. I'm just rattling off some common goals or whatever, you know, whatever goal is important for you to achieve. Right. Well, those are two really great ones, um, especially for women, you know, seeking to really advance in, in the workplace. Um, so great examples. Yeah. So on this podcast, we talk um, about our tote bag, you know, as, as women, we have the giant tote bag that we stuff full of everything you could possibly need for whatever life throws at you. And and we've got it in there. It's like Mary Poppins bag. Um, But we really want that this space to be one where we are arming women with all the things that they might need to help them excel as leaders in work and life. So when we think about that, professional tote bag. Is there anything that you think is like a must have in your bag? You know, it might be like, it could be an, uh, an actual item, or it could be, um, a skill or a tactic, or is there anything that you think has just got to have it as, as a woman in the workplace? Well, I would, I'll, I'll go back to finding a process that works for you as it relates to a leader development plan, um, because I think it gives you the confidence. It gives you groundedness. It can give you passion and purpose. Um, it can help you to manage your stress, right? Here's what I can control and here's what I can influence. And I'm going to let go of the rest. Hmm. Um, it can help you integrate your um, roles more effectively. If you have more clarity and um, it helps you let the noise go. It's like, this is my focus. And I'm going to let the rest go. So um, maybe it's in light of our conversation, but you yeah. know, bag, I would adopt, if you don't like the process that's out there, if you, a tool, change it, but make one that's yours and make that planning process an intentional part of who you are and how you go about becoming more self-aware and you become more effective at interacting and, and leading others. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time and all these great insights. Um, I know that there's a lot that I'm going to take from this and and use tomorrow. Um, And I know that listeners will have that same experience as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a a fun conversation. So thank you. All right. So thank you so much to Mary Ann for that amazing conversation. Um, we love talking with her and, and bringing in her expertise into this, this conversation and this episode today, Mandy, what did you think? Just like Tarina, our previous interview, there was so many things like literally I have, you can't see it, but I have like two pages of notes here that I took just (laughs) frantically as I was listening to the interview, because I mean, she was just spouting one thing after the other. So if you're a note taker and you're listening to this, I would highly encourage you to take notes. Um, Yeah, there were kind of two big things that stuck out. One is I really liked when she talked about just pick a lane. Pick a lane, um, because I think a lot of uh, women in particular, we just get kind of frozen and we just don't know or how to take that first step. So just pick something right and get Mm -hmm. started. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Just get started. It's something that's going to adapt and change anyway. So just just do it in the words of Nike. Um, (laughs) And also. A large, I love when she was, talk, was talking about a large part of learning comes from the actual process of planning. You just learn so much about yourself and, and, and there are things that all of a sudden just dawn, like, oh, aha, you have so many more aha moments of just the access, the, the, just the process of, of going through this, not necessarily what the outcome is going to be. So those are the two things that um, I really, those are the two biggest takeaways from, from Marianne's conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good one for sure. So as we're wrapping up each of our episodes, we are going to give you one thing to try as you go throughout your day and week. So last episode, we challenged you to do one thing to gain visibility with your leadership or your team. Um, what should we, what's our challenge this week, Mandy? So this week we are challenging you to do the value sort exercise where you sort out your top values, give them a place where you can write them down and post it 
to into your office. And also, if you go through this exercise, we're going to post in the show notes mm-hmm. um, our list of values. So you have that. Um, uh, let us know what you came up with. Um, find us on Instagram at Soar Lead and tell us what your top five were. And maybe even include some things that you learned just doing this um, pretty quick exercise. Only take 10 to 15 minutes. So go for it. Just do it. Just do it and do it just this do week. It. Do it now. Like <laughs> close, right. close out your podcast app and, and just take 10 minutes. Yep. Yep. All right. So, and now for our, what you got in that bag segment, we are thinking of this space as your personal leadership tote bag. Let's face it. We're all carrying around a tote bag stuffed with all of the things. Marianne really illustrated for us the importance of having and executing a plan for leadership. It's your turn this week. What is your tote bag must have? So my must have is related. It's quite related. And I just ordered my next one. (laughs) So since I was a child, I have appreciated the art of a good agenda. I loved Mm. Franklin Covey, that like binder (laughs) one. I mean, I was way, I've, I've been, I've been 60 since I was five. So it's, (laughs) it tracks, but I really do believe in a good paper calendar of some sort. I understand that, um, digital is the way. And I certainly use a digital calendar myself for scheduling and time management, but I do believe in having some kind of paper planner Mm -hmm. so that you can really keep yourself on track in terms of priorities and efficiencies and knowing how to then manage your digital schedule over here. So, so many different systems out there. There are a couple different, um, brands that are my favorite currently. Um, but I just say, do it like find, find the option that find the system, find the process that works for you and have some kind of way to on paper track your life. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Be part of the conversation and connect with us at Instagram at sore lead. Also make sure to subscribe, rate and review this podcast and share it with your own work BFF. Thanks for tuning in and make sure you join us next time for another Women Who Work conversation.